Hi, friends. I'm Chandra Sanchez. And I'm Misha Lazera. And you're listening to Bandwives. So did you get any sleep last night? Great sleep. I went to bed at like nine <laughs> with Sylvie. Um, and then we're going on a little trip tomorrow or this weekend. Oh, you're going to the cabin, to the mm-hmm. mountains. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be highs in the 60s. That's my dream. It's so, I love it up there. So yeah. So anyway, what are you, what are you juggling this week? <laughs> so we are going to Pittsburgh with my friend to pick up her hairless cat. Oh my gosh, you get to go with. <laughs> oh yeah, you, I'm not missing this moment. We're going to go there. We're going to drive to Pittsburgh. We're going to get the cat. We're going to hang in the hotel with her. Have you been to Pittsburgh? I think so, but I don't recall many details. I am a big fan of Pittsburgh. I think it's such a cool city. There's so much art there. There's like, it's so easy to get to a sports game. You take the ferry mm-hmm. on the river. It's just, Ooh. and they have this, uh, almost like a, escalator up the side of the mountain to get to the main street or the town up there it's pretty cool oh no i i don't that doesn't sound familiar maybe i haven't i've spent a lot of time in philly because it's not that far it's like eight hours or less of a drive and so i go to a lot of those shows and yeah i really like it there so but i don't remember any of this so i need to go next time it's a really good time they have a kids museum that's amazing and they have the original daniel tiger puppet like started in pittsburgh Mr. Rogers, maybe it could be well. That sounds um, right. And they have Heinz, so they have pierogies. Oh, yes. I saw pierogies race at a baseball game there. Pierogies. Yeah, that's the kind of thing I'm in for. I love this. Um, cool. That would be so fun. Is it a kitten? I hear this kitten. Or it's is a kitten. It, oh. it is a kitten. Yeah, she's just able to go home. Yeah. Oh, wow. You're going to have to send me updates. I, I'm going to see what I can do on my end. Oh yeah, we'll post we'll post photos tonight on the Instagram. Uh, there will be a stream. This will be the only content on the Bandwives Instagram. I got a message on the Bandwives Instagram that was demanding old dog updates. Oh my god. <laughs> well, yeah. So today we have a fun guest hopping on pretty soon. I'm really excited. Me too. I think it's going to be a really interesting interview. Actually, yeah. have you met before? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah, they toured at least once in Berlin and Taking Back Sunday, but they've also been to many shared festivals. But I I hung out more before children, before Shia children specifically. And so, you know, once people have a lot of kids, that makes it like crossing paths. Yeah. I think I find that it's um becomes like less and less. Yeah, you have to find ways to like stay in touch creatively yeah mostly instagram so i mean for all the terribleness that social media brings it is a great connector if you use it that way it keeps me up i mean people who aren't on instagram i don't want to be telling them you need to get on instagram i don't feel like you want to tell anyone that but it's so much easier to keep up with people who are posting regularly so you know 
if you're not posting, I don't, I remember that you exist, you know, like there's sometimes <laughs> when I'm like, oh my God, you know what I do wish is tell us when somebody's birthday is. Yeah. There should be yeah. like a little birthday hat icon that appears on their, you know. Oh, great idea. Send an email. Yeah, I'm going to send a strongly worded letter. To um, Zuck? To Mark Zuckerberg, <laughs> who is crying in his soup as half of his trillion dollar fortune I, I read yesterday has been depleted in the so, last two years. What? I Why? No, who knows? The market goes on. <laughs> the, market. the market. Yeah. Okay, interesting. I think he's fine. Oh, yeah. Is it weird having this TV behind me? I'm trying to like... Not at all. Yeah, I love your... Yeah, the, it's beautiful. You got the still the Southwest vibe that you brought from New Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> I love the arch over the fireplace. Oh my yeah. gosh. When I walked into this house, that's why I was like, yes, I can make it work. Like, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. All right. Welcome, Julia Arnold, residential real estate agent, volunteer lunch lady for the girls' school, and a pastor's wife, married to Stephen Christian, lead singer of Anne Berlin for 14 years. Julia is a St. Petersburg, Florida native and residing back in St. Pete, but moving with Stephen to Los Angeles, Nashville, rural Corrales, New Mexico, mother to three girls, Nico, Nola, and Rory. Stephen is now the campus pastor for Grace Family Church Clearwater. They are opening a new campus in the Clearwater area. Grace is one of seven church campuses based in Tampa, and it's been an adventure juggling work, ministry, shows, travel, elementary school, and activities, plus finding time to cultivate community. Welcome, Julia. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. (laughs) We're so happy you're here, Julia. Thank you. Yes, same here, same here. You know, it's funny. I, I often tease Stephen because I didn't listen to Amber Lynn like at all, but like I listened to like pretty much everything else surrounding it. I, I don't know. It's so bizarre to me, like how that happened, but I listened to Coheed and Cambria and take it. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so it's very nice to meet you. That's hilarious. I, it's similar, kind of. I mean, I started listening to Claudio's band when we met. <laughs> Certain things just kind of escape. You know, it's like a year in the early 2000s would make a huge difference in what Mm -hmm. you listen to. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I know. It's so funny thinking about the scene back then, though. I was kind of lost in that while we were talking. So I was (laughs) thinking about how I listened to Anne Berlin all the time before. (laughs) I I didn't really listen to Taking Back Sunday. (laughs) That's so Yeah. It was like on purpose, right? Like, because then we probably wouldn't have been able to authentically interact with our spouses in the way that we do if we had that filter yeah. <laughs> keeps them humble the world was keeping us <laughs> in a bubble yeah all right all right julia let's jump right in i know you're so busy according to your bio i can only imagine so tell us something that listeners would be surprised to hear about your life yeah i think maybe just the fact that here we are pastoring a church now you know it's always fun um, I feel like Stephen and I live like double lives a little bit because with like the, now that he's been out of the band technically for seven years, a lot of people don't know him in that capacity. Um, so when you say like, no, like I was in a rock band, you know, like we, this was our lives, you know, for X amount of years, it's just funny that they have like no reference and to see the crossover, I think is pretty great. But yeah, so we're 
starting this church campus in Clearwater. And it's just been such an incredible journey. So I think that's probably the most surprising (laughs) um, thing about our lives right now in the present. We hear the double lives thing a lot. Really? Yeah. Because a lot of times people won't tell their community. They're not like, you know, coming forward with this information the first thing. So when people slowly find out, they, they kind of have to calibrate. Especially somewhere too, like Seminole, right? Like Chandra, I know you're like from this area. So like the demographics are different. It's very like financial or medical or, you know, just very much nine to five. You don't have a lot of like creatives living in this area. Something about Florida that is just, it almost feels like an obvious place for musicians to go to because if you're traveling all the time and then your time home, it can feel like a vacation. Like you can really relax. And I love that vibe on that coast where it's just, chill and a little bit nostalgic. Um, it's not Miami. Everything's low and yeah. It's definitely sleepy. But if you look at Tampa Bay, I mean, you've got Under Roth, you've got yeah. um, like, well, which Maylene's sense of disaster came by nearby and then Copeland. Yeah. And like, we've had like a lot from that scene. Like, yeah. From- so what's the biggest difference between being a band wife and being a pastor's wife? <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, that's a great question. It's funny that you asked that because that actually came into my, my brain this morning. Um, you know, really like they're both very demanding careers, right? Like yeah. there's, you're, you're on, um, and you're on for other people, whether it's, you know, fans and just meeting people while you're on the road, right? Like you're out at like, you know, the coffee shop around the corner, you're bound to run into someone going to the show. Well, in the same way with being a pastor in the community, you run into people within the community, which is so great about it. But, you know, you're there for that in the same way. And it's not that it's performing, but it's like, hey, like, you just got to be like aware, right? Like, and I think about it now, too, especially because this is the first time that um, Stephen went into ministry. It's actually a really crazy story. It wasn't our plan back in 2015 when the band ended. And honestly, like, it was like, seriously, like, God just shut every door for us in Nashville. And like, um, we had connections with the church in New Mexico and they called us. And we just took the jump. It wasn't easy because I did not want to leave Nashville after him being gone so much. But, you know, we were going to different communities. So like whether it was New Mexico or Tampa, being a part of Clearwater, you know, it's like I go into like Target and it's like, I don't know who I'm going to run into. (laughs) (laughs) And it's great. I went to Target the other day and there was a mom and she introduced herself and just like, Hey, I go to the Clearwater campus. You know, it's just, it's for me, I love community. And so, you know, we just started talking about she's a new mom and, yeah, you know, her milk supplies down and like, there we are right in Target. I'm like, <laughs> here, let me, let me give you some love and here's some suggestions, you know? So I think that's very similar, right? Yeah. Like just always being on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a good point. But it almost pulls you out of that and reminds you that your own shit is, you know, it's not as, it's not the end of the world and kind of brings you back to center. So. Right. And, and honestly, like just to have that level of accountability, I, I view as a gift. Um, cause I feel like my tendencies and just, I, I, you know, just I'm gonna leave it at there. Like my tendencies, I can just be very just snappy and just this and that and speak my mind. And just, it's really taught me one accountability, compassion, grace, which, you know, are like the, the linchpins of like the Christian faith, right? So <laughs> I really got to like practice what I preach. So I, I'm honestly like grateful for the gift. Yeah, absolutely. So my friend went to a, a, an event last night and Obama was a speaker. Uh, he had said something about community and 
learned about how America was built on these small communities, right? These towns. And you have everybody who's working at the same places and their kids went to the same school and you shared doctors and you went to the same church. And it was very much this ecosystem of accountability. You weren't going to work in another town. So you had checks and balances built into the way that you were living. And we don't have a lot of that now in society. In good ways and bad ways. Yeah, but even just too, like, yeah, like you're saying like the good ways. Hey, like, you know, I've been thinking a lot lately, like, you know, I go to the grocery store and like, especially like when I was in it, right? When Steven's gone seven to nine months out of the year and I'm just very much selfish and like, oh, like my, got my two kids in tow and I'm trying to just get by. And I might not have been like the nicest person or really seen people. And now it's like being aware that like, hey, like you said, like we're all going through things. So, you know, it's not just about me. Um, and just like, hey, look people in the eyes. Like even here, like I, I ran out and ran an errand. I was leaving the store and there was this sweet man walking in and he had crutches and I, you know, I'm definitely in a hurry, but he like paused and said hi to me. And it, it definitely kept me like, oh yeah, I need, that's what this is about. It's not about me and where I'm going and what I'm doing. I want to be present and aware and able to welcome people around me. Right. And I feel like that's something that part of a band or ministry or whatever, like I just want to lean into more. Yeah. I was talking to, oh no, someone's (laughs) calling me and I'm like, not right now. I'm busy. (laughs) I was talking to Chandra last night about that too, because Adam's gone and I got the three kids and it's the school's back in session and, and I'm feeling in my feelings And there's always the flip side. It's just the opposite side of the coin where there's so much to be grateful for that you have to remember that the world is, is going on around you and what good can you offer it outside of like feeling the stories in your head that tell you that you're stressed. Yeah. I'm terrible at that. I mean, it was funny too. It was like, I was thinking about questions for you guys since I'm like in it and I'm very triggered right now. Um (laughs) (laughs) um and i swear every time he leaves town now even though it's like every other week or this instance that just happened to be like two weeks solid um that he's working or on the road uh i'm like how could i have done better right like because i feel like i'm literally the worst band wife ever (laughs) like no you should see the text messages we have right now like they're awful and i'm like this stinks you know and it's just like i i don't know i just because it's like you have these two people, right? And I don't know if you guys, I swear there's a question in here for you, but like, obviously they want to be appreciated. They know like they're sacrificing in their ways. But then it's like, I look at my life and I'm like, yeah, but I'm at home holding everything together. I relate. I relate to this. This is the exact reason that we started this podcast. (laughs) Because it's such a dichotomy. It's like, on one hand, I'm glad that I'm not forced to do those things and have to go when I don't want to go. But I'm also, I want to do those things too, or I, you know, the grind of just daily life. And yeah, I think that's totally normal to feel that way and totally normal, especially in your position, right? Because you're not, you're like settling into your life and then getting pulled out of it and then settling back in and getting pulled out of it. So I feel like it's hard for you to get used to that. It's not long-term either. And I'm like trying to keep myself accountable with that last night. But it's like, I had the craziest day and I had the craziest morning, like, um, doing real estate, right? Like, um, I have some closings next week, but I'm actually, am taking a selfish trip next week and going to New Mexico. It's not selfish, and it's self-care. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, 
So, and it, but it's not for work, right? It's not like, you know, if anyone can really complain, it could be him. Um, he has every right to, but there's a hurricane coming now. So like, not only is it impacting my business now, it's like, okay, well, I got to make sure the kids are taken care of because I definitely don't want to be that mom that left during a hurricane for fun. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. So that, the thing is, though, that you do, this is an interesting dynamic because we have talked to bandwise of all, you know, all across the board, but not many's husbands are working full-time jobs. Mm-hmm. So when Claudio and Adam come home, you know, as of right now, they're not, they, and they both do a lot of other things too, but they're not having to do another full-time job. And so he is doing both and that's a lot of time. So it's yeah. hard. You're doing two full time yeah. jobs too because you have your kids, and then you're doing real estate, and 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 you know the obligations. I'm sure with, with the church and what that looks like when he's gone, and you're sort of picking up some of that social responsibility. I imagine. Yeah, it's a lot. It definitely is. I remember being younger and thinking like, okay, our life is just crazy. It feels like jazz. Like soon I'll just adapt. I was like, sure, one day I'm gonna look back and be like, it's fine. I figured it out. And I'm like, I still have not figured it out. 14 <laughs> years later. And it just, it's becoming more and more just as the kids get older and they, you know, get into their activities, all of that. Um, and I want to be present for them as well. Right. I mean, what are some of your, I don't know. How do you do it? (laughs) Give me some tips. (laughs) My mother lives with us. She helps so much. I, I already, I, you will not like this advice, Julia, but I'm going to give it (laughs) to in case anyone, but I've done like the, I've seen this word quiet quitting around a lot. And I've quiet quit so much in my life. I've quiet quit a lot of the house stuff. You know, I'm ordering in bulk from Costco now. I used to make all the organic everything, you know, and so I've like been slowly quiet quitting. I've also been doing a lot of self care, but I also, um, two quotes that you actually might like (laughs) better than the quiet quitting advice is this too shall pass, you know, obviously. So it's like the weekend and and he's not going to be gone every weekend and. We don't know how long the bands will last. That's nothing. Nothing there is promised. And I feel like it is the dream job, even though we know that it's hard and stressful. And But I think about how lucky they are to get to go do that for people. But also that other quote, um, Julian of Norwich, which is um, all shall be well and all shall be well and all manner of things shall be well. And I just kind of let that one (laughs) take over the stress repeat. So I don't know if that's helpful, but I do suggest quiet quitting, whatever is stressing you out. Oh, I quiet quit so much. And it's funny, (laughs) my friend, like she's a CEO, like amazing human being, runs like a fitness program. uh, And she was talking to me about quiet quitting. And I've never even heard that term before. It's really just doing your job and not Not like making your job your entire identity, especially when you're, you know, working for somebody else. Yeah, yeah. I will say I used to be so OCD when Steven was full-fledged in the band. It was like almost like that control, right? Yes. If everything's in its order yep. and how it should be, then my life is somehow put together, even though I feel like I'm falling apart. <laughs> I can't even unpack a suitcase. I blame it on road life. Like we just went to New York. Um, oh, I saw those pictures were very cute. Oh, it's so fun. But I laugh at myself because I bring a suitcase home and it's like, I I just can't unpack I don't I don't know why I'm the same like what is that I'm the opposite where I have I can't live I cannot live until it is unpacked like Mm -hmm. that's Adam I can't do anything until like there's not a shoe in the hallway or totally and that's what I'm saying like that was me wouldn't leave the house unless the house looked perfect which then like delayed us going to the zoo or something fun 
I have quiet quit. So <laughs> my advice is to really as to outsource so that you can make space and hold space for the things that A, you love and you enjoy and B, that make money. You know, for me, I'm like, what is my time worth? Mm-hmm. And, and so how can I find the things that are driving me crazy that I'm wasting my time doing and maybe don't need to do myself and give to somebody else? I had spoken to my, one of my best friends who actually moved to Tampa during the pandemic. Awesome. Um, and she was talking about, cause they have uh, a nanny who comes and helps. And, um, she had said, I don't need somebody to give my kid a bath or to take him to the park. I want to do those things. What I would love is somebody, because she also runs her own business. So she's like, I would love somebody to make sure the bottles are clean and that his laundry's folded or whatever. Just someone to help with these tasks that aren't part of the parenting experience that I want to do myself. And so I just thought, like, God, that's so, so smart. And it's it's so nice that you recognize that early in the game because I feel like in the early years of my child's existence, I agonized over the details of everything looking perfect and being perfect and going by the book and um, completely miss out on so much of just the joys of life. And, and, and that's not who I am really either. I'm, I like to shake yeah. it up. I like to travel and pick up and go. I want to be the fun parent. I want to be the one who's creating memories, not the one who's like, all of your white socks are mixed up with your dark socks. <laughs> and that is not okay. You know, I don't want to be that guy. So. Yeah, so I think finding the things that you value in, in any way, and it can be like asking the family for help. It can be teaching your kids how to like fold the washcloths because you oh, want yeah. to do that down the line. Um, but just creating space for yourself and and recognizing the hierarchy of your needs, and it's still hard. <laughs> yeah, it is, and and I will say though too, like I almost feel like I wish looking back in the past in that past life, like I was so. Anxious. I see. I didn't live near family. Uh, we were in Nashville and really did serve like a great purpose. Mm-hmm. I mean, Nashville is like one of the best communities to be in for a touring life because yeah. it's what everyone is doing within like a you know two hundred foot radius of you. <laughs> but there is something different about having your your mom and your dad close by. Um, so you know, for that that time, we didn't have that. And now I do. Like when we moved back, we moved to Seminole because we live literally in the same neighborhood as my parents. And it's just such a blessing to have them. But um, I don't know, I almost feel like I buried myself in the details, just to kind of almost escape what was happening. Um, And I wish like, I don't know, I was more self aware in my 20s that that's what I was doing. Because I feel like I did miss out on so many moments. But now I am definitely the fun mom, like my middle child calls me big kid. I'm like, let's go to Disney. (laughs) Let's go on a trip. But yeah, so I definitely, I'm the same way. Um, But yeah, I I also know that I got to do help. Like I do have someone help clean the house. That's been great. Um, Mm -hmm. Fantastic. But I I haven't found someone yet to like fold the socks and do all (laughs) this. You have, you have three kids. Need we remind you. Um, do your kids fold the socks? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm working on it. Yes. We all kids the same age, right? There's yes. A- uh, eight. And then, yeah, I have nine, 10, and a four-year-old. Yeah. So I have four, eight, and 13. Okay. Mine is eight. Yeah. yeah Keaton does the watering my backyard with a lot of plants in the garden. And one garden box just fully died. <laughs> Oh, but I was like, yeah, I did it. I I was gone so much. We were all gone, and so I just kind of 
you know, I re-instruct and I really kind of hold him to it. But otherwise, come what may, he's watering those plants. Yeah, he's doing it. And that, and that's true. You don't want to exasperate them, right? And, yeah. But it's, you know, my middle child, I love her. She is such a classic middle child, like so loving, so creative, so moody. <laughs> Like the other night I asked her to clean her room and it's like every day, like she's just one of those creatives where it just like explodes everywhere. Right. And, um, I left the room for 20 minutes and she was just laying there sulking, like just could not bring herself to do it. (laughs) And it's just more energy to be like exhausted and like, and upset that they're not doing it. But I quiet quit all of it. (laughs) Is that going to be the title of this? Yes. Yeah. It totally is making its way in there. This is the best advice for mothers, bandwives. You know, you got to decide your priorities. And Disney is a priority. But also expectations, too. Like, going back to what we were talking about, like, when I married Steven, like, I kind of, like, I had these expectations that I was going to be traveling and just on the bus all the time. (laughs) And, like, we didn't even need a house. Oh, my gosh. I was the same. Same. I believed it. I believed it all. and. Little did I know. <laughs> I'm still trying to make it happen. I have been rallying so hard to get an RV. I want an Airstream. And we, I'm like, we'll just drive it on the bus. We can have our own little space. I'm like, whatever. Let's get yeah. You know, we did it once. That, that tour we came and saw you, I think, Nisha. We were in the RV, weren't yeah, we? Yeah, I remember. Did yeah. With us? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I helped yeah. her. Yeah. So she was nine months old. And we did that. Like I convinced him to do it for his side project. And um, so it was me, Micah, one other guy that Micah knew, Steven and a baby. And <laughs> <laughs> we drove all the way around the Northeast for a summer. And it was, it was such a blast. That like, sounds awesome. And I mean, it was just, it was fantastic to me. I loved every moment of it. I mean, let's, I, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but for me, it's like, yeah, I feel like Steven marrying Steven kind of let me play out this like fantasy almost right like oh man like this is such a cool life yes like I want a piece of it and you know and it hasn't been a little bit like was a tension in our relationship just because yeah I expected to be on the road yep. all the time <laughs> yep I know and then we're at home folding ma- mismatched socks yeah. <laughs> while he's swimming with whale sharks yeah like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you, uh, I don't know if you listened to, so we had an episode. Okay. Second episode with Kira Cooper, who's married to our bass player, uh, Zach. And she's so brilliant and so cool and so much better at this lifestyle, I think, than Misha and I. And she had said something that I think about often. It was something like, you know, they're spending every day in these crappy rooms with like no internet with 20 other dudes around and they can't take a shower and they can't find a place to use the bathroom in the morning. And if they get to go do something amazing, just let them have it. Fine, but I'm not going to be happy about it. Like there's stereotypes with like the the band members, right? Like you have the front, like the lead singer, the bassist and all of that. Uh, What is it about the bassist wives that are so supportive? Like they're just so... Definitely Pardon. checks out and taking back like, I yeah. would say Erica is the most supportive one in the airport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, that's what it is. We're, we're the stereotype. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm supportive of Adam. Sure, we're no, all supportive in our own way. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like, you know, it's wanting to do the thing. Mm-hmm. You kind of attract that quality in each other. Yeah. And maybe it's exhibited in different ways, but it's definitely the same thread. Absolutely. And I think the the hardest part, too, was the fact that, like, back then, I was 22. Like, I was so yeah. young. I literally graduated college and then a month later eloped with Steven in New Orleans. Exact same. I did too. Really? Yes. 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 So I, I, I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know who I was. I had all these aspirations. Um, we moved to LA as well a month later. So that was like so many changes. And here I was trying to pursue then a career in, um, TV production, movies, all that. Um, but the back end, not like on screen. And, um, so I probably was a little bit of a thorn in his side and I know because I, I just, I was really trying to figure it out. And here he is like with the major label and like getting more established. And I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but Steven and I do have like a 10 year age difference. So, you know, in those twenties, they're so impactful. And I almost just like, it took me a while up, literally up until two years ago when I really jumped into real estate full time to find something to put all that energy towards, right? Yeah. Like to be driven and motivated. Yeah. Towards. So praise God for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I very much relate to this similar. Yeah. I was young. I just out of college and he was already definitely doing the thing, you know? So it was, takes time because you're also, they're coming and going and I already had kids, you know, so to figure yourself out amongst that isn't easy. Yeah. No, but you've done a great job. I mean, I love watching you and your journey and seeing all that you're accomplishing. And I just, I know how hard that is. So I know it's a lot of work. I I don't let him forget it. (laughs) I think I I was similarly, I know that I was um, also very supportive and love taking back Sunday and love going to the shows, but a little bit resentful that I didn't feel like I had the time and space to figure myself out always with, especially with the kids and building the family. And, and so I have had to like do a lot of therapy to, and self work to, I had to come through that. And, and I always knew what I wanted to do, but to actually, I don't know, let myself do it. That was all my own stuff that I, a lot of it I put on him and now I know, but I didn't know it then. So similarly, when you say you were a thorn in his side, I'm sure that it was one, he loves you so much and I'm sure it was fine, but I feel, I relate to that about, I'm sure Adam was like, just do what you want to do. <laughs> I know. I, I feel like for 10 years, like it was like such a discussion. Like, what do I do? What do I do? And, and it's hard too. Cause it's like, they're so successful. So it's, it's intimidating. It so is. Like, yeah. Oh, it can be like, inspiring, but it can be intimidating too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I also say too, like being there in front, I want to say Chandra that I love the videos that I saw you singing. You just jump all in. <laughs> and I was the same. I was 19 that something like that. <laughs> We're right on the cusp. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it was like, I was in college. I don't know. What I, what I, I mean, I think I know what I want to do. And then graduated and I'm like, Oh, wait, I definitely don't want to do that. <laughs> so just kind of bear with me while I figure it out. And then we, we figured out a lot together. So congratulations. That's really, that's incredible. Thanks. Thanks. I, yeah, I love all this stuff. I mean, band aside, music aside, you know, the things we talk about, the stress that we all, you know, experience in any relationship, in any lifestyle. I just think there's something really special about finding the person that you 
I want to spend every day with, you know, for better or for worse, and, and grow with. And, oh, and, and learn. that's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It truly is a gift. And, you know, I just, I keep thinking back, like, cause I know I just want to say, I love this podcast and I love oh. what you guys are doing with it. Cause I, I, I wish there was a resource, you know, like some sort yes. of guide to, um, like, Hey, here's what you're getting yourself into. Cause yes. I don't know if you've had those conversations with your spouse and it's like, you knew what you married into. It's like, really did it. <laughs> no, how could I possibly have known? <laughs> Especially like early on when they're like wooing you and they're like, come out, whatever you want. Um, you know, it just, the expectations and just things to be prepared for. Cause you know, marriage is tough. Like yeah. it's already really, really tough. You've got two people coming together, trying to, you know, like put their pride aside and just really work loving each other. Right. And like the greater good and the big vision. And obviously that's going to get poked from minute to minute, time to time. Yeah. <laughs> it's our pride. It's our ego. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you throw distance and traveling and just mm-hmm. inconsistency on top of it. It's just, it's definitely a difficult life, but it's so rewarding. And, yeah, you know, I yeah. love, it's just so worth it. Like just the impact and the influence and just the memories that get created, not only with yes. us kids and everyone involved. Yeah. Give us some examples of things that you're proud of, some background, past, present, and future, ways that you got from there to here. I mean, I'm going to be completely honest. Like, we still just have not figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, transformation has a lot to do with yourself, right? And yes. so for me, I'm definitely more aware. I'm quicker, I feel like, because I still may react the same, but at least like I, I reflect in a way that I'm like, okay, like here's what I could have done differently. Here's what I wanted, wanted to say differently, whatever. But yeah, I think it's just the self-awareness. Um, I don't know if that answers the question well. <laughs> yeah, I relate. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, you know, one thing I wish or like I could see that's necessarily is truly just what we consume, right? Are we consuming negativity? Like obviously I have dark humor and I love... <laughs> like anything to do with that. Um, but you know, if I'm reading things that support that mind track, that's just going to keep me stuck and not moving forward. And I think just the importance of what you're renewing your mind with, what messages are coming in, um, that are going to affect the way that you behave and react, right. Or maybe even think of a situation. So whether you're lonely or stressed or just even happy feelings, right? Like it's just, what is it that's filling you up that that can outpour from you into your relationship? So I, I think that being more mindful, I just I, it's it's just hard because like like I said, like we got into it last night, and so <laughs> yeah, I know I get that. I love that I'm similar way where I want to be more mindful of how I am in the moment, but then I it doesn't happen. <laughs> but then you're able to reflect. That's important. That's growth. Yeah, absolutely. Becoming less reactive, uh, you know, or, or those lengths of times where you don't talk to each other or you like have nasty text messages are shorter and they end in a more positive way. Yes, they're shorter. And then you can be like, you know what? Just forget everything I said. Yeah, and it's hard. Like in the same way that people like troll on social media or whatever, because you never really like, see the person. It's not face to face. I feel like in these situations... We can kind of be meaner to each other because then you know you're not going to see each other for a couple of days. And that's yeah. just really terrible. Yeah. 
Have you experienced that? Oh, yeah. Sometimes Adam will say to me, let's not text. Let's just not text at all because it can be so easy to misconstrue. And I'm reactive also. So when I'm having a hard moment with the kids and he's gone, it's and he's my friend. He's my best friend. So it's easy for me to be like, this sucks. I'm not enjoying my life right now. I can't do this without you. And I'm kind of freaking out. And then he's freaking out, you know, and so he'll say, how about don't text? Because on the phone, it's so much easier. Oh, that's see, that's good boundaries. And that's exactly the conversation we had last night. I'm bad at it, though. And I, I literally said those words, like, I'm just not enjoying life right now where he's like, he's such a cheerleader. And he's such like an encourager. And I'm just kind of like, I almost like I'm like, I don't even need encouragement right now. I just want I want you to like, or just like appreciation. And And then it was just hard because it's like, He's really is getting the short end of the stick. Like he truly is um, doing both. And I, did I tell you that when he comes back from Denver, he has to fly back into Orlando because there was no red eyes to Tampa. And then we have services starting at 9 a.m. on Sunday. So he lands at 5 a.m. and he drives two hours and goes right to church. Oh wow. No one would have thought that there wasn't a flight to Tampa yep. with Mm-hmm. It's made it more challenging. So I, I get where he's at. And I felt so terrible when I woke up this morning. So I was like, Oh, I mean, that really is awful. And he kind of wins. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always hesitate to compare struggles. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I'm like, Okay, well, these are the things that you're doing. And they're hard and they're challenging in your way. And there's a whole element. But imagine if you unleashed a bunch of goats <laughs> into the scenario. <laughs> That's what it feels like right now at home. I feel like you guys have been in our messages. <laughs> like we all experience the same thing. What a thought. Um, I said, imagine having kids in tow, which I'm assuming are your goats. Uh, <laughs> I was using a metaphor, but yeah, the kids are goats. It's really funny. What's even funnier. Last night I was chasing chickens around that got out that weren't mine, but I was trying to purchase from someone so for about 30 minutes last night, yes, I was chasing those figurative goats. They were just chickens. And you also know that if there, in fact, were chickens unleashed on the bus or at a festival or in a dressing room, they would not be handling those chickens. The no, tour manager would. Someone else would, someone be, else would be taking care of those chickens. <laughs> That's what we need. We, we don't need nannies. No. We need at-home tour managers. Tour managers. <gasps> yeah. Business idea. Yeah. That's it. Oh my gosh, that's so true. Also, okay, I'm not one to speak right now, but I do have to ask you, Julia, are the chickens necessary? And are they going <laughs> to add joy to your life or are they going to be something else that you're juggling? Romantic, right? <laughs> and I feel like Chandra has my back on this. Anything can be necessary. Yeah, that's true. Okay, true. just wanted to um, see. You threw the chickens in there and I was shocked. Anything else? I mean, I just clinging on to my New Mexico lifestyle behind me here. I don't know. I love to recreate what we had there. Truly, I will say like that 2015 to 2019, we lived there just was such a reprieve. And we had chickens and goats and horses and like all the things. I say that to Adam too. I was like, I want a baby goat. And he's like, no, we can't have a goat. We can't. No. <laughs> Those are great. Like they really are. Are you able to have goats where you are? Probably not. I don't know. There's no, we live in a very eclectic neighborhood. People do have chickens and roosters and oh, there are goats. So yes. There are? Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Are you still in Charlotte? Yeah. Right in the city. Okay. Right 
right in the city. Yeah. Goat city. They do like goat yoga. Yeah. You could start. I don't understand goat yoga. I mean, have you seen how much goats poop? Like, just I wondered about that. I did. I wondered about that. Like, they're easy to take care of. It's just the amount of poop. Like, and they poop like every 14 seconds on a Sunday. Yeah, truly. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, on yeah. your head, you're doing like down dog or something. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't want that. <laughs> Side note, I'm not trying to take us out of this moment, but have you seen the video of the snake drinking water? No, no, I have I, not. I love snakes. It puts its whole head into the glass. Like the whole head is the straw. <laughs> it just like drinks up all the water. It's incredible. Wow, I love snakes. Really great metaphor because you kind of like are waterboarding yourself, right? But then like you've got to like go in it to get through it. Immerse <laughs> yourself. Yeah, immerse yourself. Okay, I feel like we've done a lot of good work here. But <laughs> I have an op- an option for a question about you, Julia, because um, we've talked a lot about the band Wife Life and that's what this podcast is for. But Julia is our guest today. So why don't you tell us what your week is like, what you're juggling, like what's going on? We've talked a little bit about it. So yeah, so I am kind of in it right now, guys. I, I've been re- working in real estate for 10 years, but I've just been licensed in Florida just for 18 months now. And when you come up on your 18 months, you have to do a post licensure. And so that's due on the 30th of September. So that's next Thursday. I'm getting close, but still, it's just, it's really stupid. So I have to do this whole online class and I would say it adds value, but like it's so archaic and just, just, yeah, time suck. So I've got that. I've got two closings next Thursday. Um, I'm going out of town Tuesday, which I had already planned, um, which I was so excited about to go to New Mexico to visit, um, dear friends that I made there. And I'm just really just looking forward to the refresh and the rewind. Like I go out there and um, like uh, my friend, she owns a horseback riding company called Red Horse Riding. They do adventure rides. And so we go out and we'll ride in the wilderness. We'll, you know, go to hot springs in the mountains, you know, balloon fiestas next week. Have you heard of it? Is it hot air balloons? Look it up. It's the most photographed event in the world. 500 balloons take off every morning. Um, from one field and you go and stand and it's a whole ceremony. It's absolutely just like incredible. So I'm just like, I literally was like tearing up booking tickets yesterday for it. Cause it just brought back so many memories. Cause it was just, like I said, living in New Mexico was being on vacation every day because it's so rich in culture and just things to do in terms of like, are so different, right. Than your basic like yeah. bar and cocktail and you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but now with this hurricane, <laughs> oh man, like, cause that's shutting down the real estate industry. They're going to stop binding insurance, homeowners insurance policies, you know, today because they don't want to write any new policies on houses that might get destroyed next week. So with having closings, I had to make sure my clients were ready mm. to go because that would impact their performance and closing the loan. And then uh, not only am I worried about my own family and my own house, but like now these two clients that might be buying new homes. <laughs> And then Stephen and I and some friends are coaching some soccer teams for the girls. So we have games tonight and all tomorrow morning. And then I'm also the president of my HOA. And so I'm throwing it our annual party tomorrow afternoon. And wow. then this is on Sunday. So I really <laughs> want you to think about these chickens a little bit. Okay, because this is... This the chickens <laughs> come with me. Give me the chickens. Wow, that's amazing. You do so much. You do. It's funny. I'm like, I would like to say it's just sweet, guys. But no, like it's it's constantly like, it's crazy. But um, I love it. I mean, I, I really do love being busy. Yeah. 
Yeah, me too. You seem like you're overwhelmed, but also thriving. I will say it is really great being part of community and feeling settled now that we've been here almost four years because we were kind of bouncing around the country and we're doing it with friends. So like while I'm at those games, it's people I would be hanging out with. And that's just like a great feeling. Um, So it's like everyone wins, right? Yeah. It's finding ways to like bridge it. That's smart to do those sports with friends because sometimes when, yeah, when I've done it with my kids and then it's just, you're just kind of sitting in a chair watching, you know, and you don't know any other parents and you're like, I can't right now. (gasps) That's amazing. You're doing a lot. But what would, it's like kind of like, what would I change? You know, so what I'm doing with like the neighborhood too is once again, centered around community. So Mm -hmm. it's just trying to create like more friendship and where you live is so important and who you live around and just, you know, being there for people. That's great. You know, COVID really taught us that. Try to, you know, keep that mentality where we don't just go and separate, especially in Florida. That's the one thing about Florida that I feel like people have a tendency to isolate more here in general. Mm. Whereas like being part of Nashville is like community utopia. So obviously there's a lot of challenging things going on at all times. But what do you think is the hardest part of Stephen being away? And what is your advice? Well, honestly, it's goes beyond me. Like it's really about the kids now. Um, I think it's really difficult for them. You know, I, I saw how it affected them when they were younger. When Nico was about almost three is when he stopped touring and Nola was about a year and a half. And um, like back then, Nico wouldn't even like talk to Steven. Like she talked to everyone else on FaceTime, even though she was like two, three. But if he got on, she was so like, you could just tell her she wouldn't even speak with him. Um, Now, Nola, you know, she's our kind of our deep thinker, our feeler. Um, She texts him all the time, like, because they have Apple watches now, which is like very limited, but great. But like, she can text him throughout the day. And I think that's, it's hard, but good that like, they can have that independent communication with him, which I think is so important. But Rory, our four-year-old, I actually did just get her like, a you know, those toddler watches. And she can now freely call him as well when she's home. But the other night she cried herself to sleep. Like it just wasn't enough to be able to call him. And even though every time she was calling him, which I think was about five times in a row, he would pick up and she would just say, I love you. And then hang up. And like, it just broke my heart. Cause I think, you know, as much as I can complain and just be a turd myself, (laughs) like I I know the bigger vision, like the bigger goal, right. Is he, he's providing like he's, doing what God gave him in talent one. Right. And then two, like the fact that like, you know, he's providing. And so this is all for a big goal and for us, but for them right now in this moment, just really like, especially Rory, like she doesn't understand. Um, I think that would be the hardest. So the advice would just be, Hey, finding those ways that they can independently communicate with their dad, I think is so important. It really does help, even though it's still hard. We've never heard that before. And that's, amazing advice. That's good advice. Yeah. The thing that's great about the Apple watch is that you can get it independent phone number for the watch. So it doesn't have to be tied to a phone. Technology is there. You kind of just have to remind some people because they don't do it all the time. They always try to sell you a phone with it. But what's great is I literally can limit her contacts. Like I'm in control from my phone, who she talks to, every other number is blocked. Um, it operates in just a very limited service, which is so nice. I like this. I'm going to look into this. So she can still access memes. She sent Steven this meme yesterday. I should send it to you guys. It's a, like a, a kid hugging a dad and it says, I love you. 
but then it also says please vote oh so cute oh my gosh asa has his ipad and so he talks to adam and i and he is the meme king and so it will just be like these most ridiculous and they're all like animals and they're usually like sad because adam's gone and and they get sad and my kids I, i understand this struggle very well and my babies used to when adam was gone the minute he came home burst out crying that was something they all did. And so I was, I didn't really quite understand. They can't communicate, you know, but so Asa is the, the, this like sad animal meme. Just they'll have conversations back and forth like that. I, you just brought back a memory to me. Steven hasn't been gone that long, but like there was times that we wouldn't see him for like six weeks. And, um, I remember picking him up from the airport and even Nico, when she was like two, she would just latch onto him. And not let go for about like a good five to 10 minutes, not lift her head, nothing. And it just, ugh, you just made my stomach like (laughs) drop. Um, and yeah, like you said earlier in the podcast, like I have no idea what it's like to have to leave and not have like a choice really. And that's, that's gotta be really difficult. Yeah. It is, it is sacrifice and it's a sacrifice on the kids' ends too, you know, against their will. I do believe that eventually they grow up and recognize that there are plenty of days to celebrate a day. There are ways to make that up. Yes. Um, Now, let me ask you this. Like, are your kids, when they go to shows now, are they engaged and excited? Like, what is their reaction? Yeah, we miss a lot of shows, even even when we're on tour. Okay. Yeah. 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 The last month of shows, he would say, can I go on stage? And if I was like, no, which is every day, because no, you can't go on stage. He'd be like, oh, well, no. (laughs) That's my kids. Nico's finally getting into it. She's my 10-year-old, about to be 11. Well, and she's really funny, too, because she started making connection of like, oh, people are buying merch, which means then my dad gets more money. And then she even like tried to sell her backstage pass during (laughs) like a year ago. Like just like my entrepreneur, like, Oh, she was like, wait, how much money do you think I could get for this? And I'm like, Nico, you're not going (laughs) to sell. Or like five people just went to the merch table. And I was like, Oh my gosh. She's She's ready for business school. (laughs) She's getting it. But, um, these shows that he's been doing have been really more intimate because they're playing three nights in one city. Mm -hmm. So Steven's been a little bit more like everyone get on stage, you know, like just kind of mayhem. And, you know, Nico, that's what they live for. Like, they're like, they just want to be on stage, like, like ready to go. And it's just been so fun. Like, like Joey, their guitarist has been letting him play the guitar. Like, (laughs) you know, totally like just, it's really great how engaged she is. Um, but Nola, my middle child, the whole time she's sitting in the back corner, bored as can be, like could care less, but she's definitely waiting for the opportunity to get on stage. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Now, let me guys ask you this. What was the youngest you brought a kid out on the bus? Like two months. Yeah, same. You know, I. it's funny because, you know, our poor Amberlynn band, they had no idea. I feel like uh, this was all like, I think we were the first ones married. And then um, the first ones to have kids for sure by leaps and yeah. bounds. And I brought Nola out when she was five weeks old. I'm like, how did I do that? I know. Postpartum on the bus, guys. Oh. Oh my god. Oh no. Oh no, I didn't think of that either. <laughs> Yowza. 
think that's I, don't know, I think I was probably still wearing a diaper. <laughs> so you're getting to the nitty gritty here for everyone. <laughs> they need to know this too. You know what? I this didn't know true. a lot of these details before I had kids either. It's brutal. I mean, I didn't realize that when another baby would cry, even if you managed to sneak a night out, that you're going to lactate everywhere and it's going to be mortifying and there's nothing you can do. And it might hurt eventually. It definitely hurt. I, I feel like, sadly, I was not one of the overproducers that I wanted to be. I bought a whole freezer for my um, garage because I was like, I'm going to pump this much milk. And I, yeah, I didn't. I am unable to. So. <laughs> When I, I mean, I exclusively breastfed, so just you know, pumping and all of that on the bus, like that was really Same. wild to do. Yeah. Like, yeah. so yeah, I think about that often. I'm like, how did I do that? It's just because buses are gross. Yeah. yeah, and I will say, like Dion, who's the bass player, like he is an amazing, and and then Nate too. I feel like they they really took turns, like vacuuming and cleaning up and all this. But man, nothing cleans that bathroom. I don't even care. Oh. Burn it down. Yeah. Down. <laughs> and start it over within a day. That thing's going to be disgusting. So. Yeah. What an experience. Yeah. I had a tour manager one time. My appendix burst overseas. And he was like, could it just be your period? And he brought me into like a private room to ask me this. And I was like, I'm 25 years old. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is one for the books. Yeah. I appreciate that. But <laughs> Which country? It was in, uh, it was at Reading and Leeds. Yeah, we were in Leeds at the festival. It was not a good time. But luckily, it was free healthcare. So, oh, wow. Yeah. That's a good place to go. Yeah. yeah, they took it out laparoscopically. And that was it. Holy yeah. cow. Wow. Yeah. That's, a, that's a pretty wild story there. <laughs> yeah, and then I had to fly because our uh, guitar player, Travis, was getting married like two days after. And I wasn't supposed to leave the hospital, but Claudia was obviously in the wedding. Um, and I'm like, it's okay, it's okay. Like, we'll just get them to let me out early. So they're like, we do not recommend you fly now. We just want to be very clear. We do not think you should be leaving. So they bandaged like my whole abdomen up. And I'm wearing, well, first of all, all my luggage got shipped back already because we're at a festival. Everyone was leaving the festival that night. We had to stay because obviously I had to go, go be in the hospital. But I'm like, it's fine. We're going to go to the hospital and just see what they say. It's probably nothing. We'll meet you at the airport. It was something. So then yeah, it wasn't your period. Yeah. I had flip flops, a pair of shorts and like a sweater that I happened to be wearing at the festival. So I have like these compression socks with my flip flops at the airport. <laughs> and they're like, well, you just got to walk around. You have to stay on oh, your feet yeah. because you can get blood clots. Like it's not, it's not good. But I get to the airport and they made me unbandage myself at the TSA. They made me like take all. Your bandages? Yeah. They were like, what's that around your waist? And I'm like, well, I have, and I had a doctor's note on everything. And they were like, we're going to need you to come and like take it off. Check it out. Oh, oh man. Yeah. It was so like someone that's smuggling drugs under those. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's oh. awful. That's yeah. an awful tour story. Yeah, yeah. it is. I feel like I felt sorry for myself when I did start my period two <laughs> weeks early in the UK. And they have those crazy tampons that I don't love. And now look at you. That's so much, much worse. Wait, what are these tampons? I don't think I've ever bought tampons. I feel like I a lot that. of their tampons, which are much greener than ours, yeah. don't have the cardboard insert. Oh, they're made out of like wool. Yeah. It's, it's just like a little tiny little, looks like, you know, I don't know why yeah. I want to say it. We're, we're with yeah. the pastor's wife. <laughs> it looks like an earplug with well, a that's string. That's better. That's better. It looks like an earplug with a string. 
But who am I to complain? You know, what if you had your appendix first, I just like got my period early on a bus. You know, I'm like, I didn't think of a, a, a comparable war, like a horror story of tour, but I don't know. That one's pretty bad. Um, the only one I can think of is just one I love to tell over and over again of when we were in Sweden and we flew. Why is it like a lot of it originates from London, guys? Mm-hmm. We do have the commonality mm-hmm. of that. We were flying from London to Sweden and, um, the, we were there for a Christian festival, which uh, I mean, it's just like a bunch of 19 year olds were running it. Gorgeous people, gorgeous human beings. Tall Swedish 19 year olds. Yes. And I will just say they're, they're very gorgeous people. Um, they show up in a compact vehicle and there are seven of us, maybe eight of us in all the equipment. And there's four people that get out of the compact vehicle and they're like, Oh man. Yeah, you're not gonna be able to fit in here. We gotta be back. So they took an hour, hour and a half to go rent a vehicle and a trailer to come back and come get us to drive us then two hours out to the festival. I wanted to scream. And then after the festival, there uh, the driver was gonna take us to Stockholm because like the, like Joey was flying out the next morning. I mean, it was like pretty like quick. I mean, you know how tours are. It's like, you don't get to stay and like hang out. Like it's like you go. And Stephen and I were staying one day in Stockholm just for fun. Um, so she had to drive the two hours back to Stockholm. She got lost in the middle of the night and it took four hours. And so we weren't getting to the hotel until, um, sunrise. I had a major panic attack because I was so tired and frustrated. Yeah. These beautiful, beautiful people that just. I was like, what is happening? Like, this is a joke. Um, but yeah, it was, that's my horror story of tour. Oh my gosh. Nothing beats being ripping off bandages. No. Customs. Okay. <laughs> These are all, again, all traumas that we're sharing. Mine is not really. And you know what else about my story is there happened to be a woman merch person and so she had tampons and that's like very rare obviously as i'm sure we all know so it worked out it was yeah we had a bonding moment between me and kelly the rainbow the silver lights look at that so what do you know to be true about yourself the world and the universe oh this is a good one (laughs) (laughs) and i'm gonna try not to go negative um you can just do you. Yeah, do feel you. you. Yeah. Feel it out. One thing, and I'm just going to be totally transparent and vulnerable in the hopes that like it just encourages someone out there. What I'm realizing is true about myself is that, man, like I, I'm a hard pill to swallow sometimes. And I, and I, I mean that in a positive way too. Like I just, I'm in a very self-aware, negative, positive way. Um, but I, 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 I say that just because I'm like, Hey, like I accept this about myself that like, I have really good intentions. Like I want to be justice police and I want to like make sure that there are no injustices, but also like, okay, I'm working and I'm learning and I'm growing to um, influence in a way that's more like honey bringing, you know, attracting yeah. bees, right? Instead of like, this is how it should be, you know? Yeah. That's true about myself. Cause I, I think it's a beautiful thing, right? To like really care about other people and the world. But also know that like, okay, I got to care just as much about the people I think that I'm against. Right. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Was that a good one? Is that yeah. okay? Fantastic. No, yeah. That was great. 
was the next one the world? world. Yeah. What's after that? The, the universe. The universe, even yeah. bigger. It's like a okay. stacking doll. Oh man, um, I've never answered a question like this before. So I, I know you prepared me, and I, I feel like I should have. <laughs> Take no. your time. It's honestly better when people like don't think about it beforehand. Yeah. It's sort of. Because I, I almost like, and I'm thinking about my tendencies, like I want to answer correctly, right? Like, oh. like in the direction, but I'm knowing that like, hey, that's just whatever my lens is, right? And my perspective of the question. Um, I, I kind of want to make a joke and be like, the world is flat, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I know this. We've been waiting. <laughs> I think the world, like just community, right? Like we're all so connected. And I think just really taking a step back sometimes kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier that, you know, the people that we even come face to face with, like in the checkout stand, we're connected and to, and like, whether it's just, you know, being here, being alive, right. Um, all trying to do our best or just even like the fact that like, we probably know someone in relation. Like that's one thing I'm like learning about the world. Like there is like the one degree of separation, what I feel like with everyone around like absolutely like like, look at you like you're from Clearwater and we have common friends here and I just think that's just incredible right like if we looked at perspective of people as more like with familiarity I think we would treat each other differently um and maybe with a little bit more love and compassion and um you know just kindness right um like true authentic kindness and then what do I believe is true about the universe yeah, I, you know, with my faith, like I, what I believe is true about the universe is that there's a God who created it and a God that who's so intentional and loving. And he's so powerful and so all knowing that like he knows each and every single one of us so intimately. Like that to me is such an incredible truth. Like just that we're here for a purpose, right? And he's got a plan and um, for each and every single one of us, like he's not some God who's sitting out there like ready to smite us, put his thumb on us or wait for us to trip up and fail. Like he, he cares. And he's, I think he's got a sense of humor. And I think that he's creative because I, I look back at my life and I see just this incredible web of journey, like, and just um, connections, like each step of the way, especially the last three years, I mean, just our story and just how Steven got out of the band. I'll try to tell it within like a 30 second thing. Steven got out of the band and he, he had three jobs lined up. He was going to work for, um, as an A&R for a startup label. He'd already been working for them for a year. He was songwriting with word publishing and he was working for ultimate ears, um, doing their marketing, social media. And he, he just got his master's in business while on the road. And within one month's time, all of those opportunities were gone every door shut in our face. And it was heartbreaking and confusing. And, you know, just Stephen went in panic mode as he should have. And a church called us from New Mexico and was just like, Hey, would you ever consider being over our creative and worship department um, or worship department at that time? And Stephen's like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I'm like, you're insane. What are we doing? Like what? Um, and then just the journey that happened there. And it was like, like, I fought it tooth and nail, but like, I can't explain to you that the feeling that I felt the presence when I saw the Sandia mountains, as we pulled into town, I just started sobbing and I called him and I was like, I, I'm, I'm in like, I'm 100% in. And then our time there was just so beautiful. And we met such great people. And then it came to an end very quickly. 
And then I prayed to be at Grace Family Church. And um, I, it was exactly July 5th, if I'm like July 4th or 5th, let's just say 5th, it was July 5th. I prayed to be a part of this church. I was in town. I sowed a little seed of faith of like, Hey God, like, I know you've got this, like you've, this is what you do. Like you're in charge of the universe. This is what you've got. Like you can, you can make this happen. Right. There was no jobs. And I was like, all right, dang it. That was disappointing. Um, and then Stephen got another job at another church. He was there. He went on the summer tour in 2019 for Amberlynn. And while he was there, the pastor flew out and fired him while he's in, in Philadelphia or New York. One of the cities. He flew, wait, he flew out to a show to fire him? Yes. Fired him. But it was July 3rd. Stephen called Grace Family Church that morning. A pastor had randomly resigned, who's now back at the church. So this is even crazier. I was excited because I was like, oh, I get to go to Grace Family this Sunday. So I'm packing up Nico. We're driving to the church. She pulls out this $20 bill. And I'm, she's like, mom, I have $20. I'm like, how did you get $20? Like, I don't give my kids money. Like, I'm not one of those moms. Um, <laughs> maybe a dollar here and there. And God reminded me, he's like, you prayed to be here exactly a year ago. And watch this happen. And there was a job available. Stephen comes in. Um, the head pastor, Pastor Craig and Pastor Debbie were there ended up recognizing me and then like confirming all of it. Cause it was very hush hush, all of it. And it was wild. He got hired right away. And then, um, our whole goal was to come back to Clearwater and start a church here in Clearwater, but he was commuting to Tampa for two years. And that was grueling. Like, cause he was driving an hour there, an hour back. Ministry was all there. Groups are all there. Communities all over there. Um, while we were at Calvary, the church, he got fired. We met Amanda Tress, um, and she's that CEO powerhouse, awesome woman. And, um, she followed us to Grace family. So even though we were only there for a couple months, you know, she came with us. It was like one of those friendships. You just fall in love. Like, Hey, like we're friends. Like here we are. Um, two years in, she makes a joke about, I'm tired of driving to Tampa. I love you guys. I love your church, but I, why can't we just start a church here? And Steven was like, felt compelled. He called Pastor Craig and he's like, Hey, do you ever think about starting a church here in Clearwater? And I think the time to do it. And she's been a supporter of that. And here we are now in Clearwater. Um, and it was exactly three years later, that Sunday again, or sorry, it was the same date, but a Wednesday, I spoke for the first time and I got to teach a Bible study on James. There's such beauty in it. And it's just like, it's so well orchestrated that like, we would not be here right now if like everything had to happen, right? Like all the pain, all all the journey to be there. So anyways, I hope you guys tracked with that story <laughs> there. But <laughs> So was that a church that you attended? Was that your home church when you were no. there? Did you have a home? Did you grow up religious? Like- yeah, I did. Um, you know, my parents got saved when I was like one or two, something like that. My dad, you know, just got radically saved. He was Catholic, but he was not living in a way. And that's also how I even came about. My parents were separated. My dad had actually cheated on my mom. Um, they had my brother and my mom became saved during that time. She met someone that was a believer that prayed for her. And my mom was like, yes, I want that. I want that hope. And, um, she found out my dad was cheating on her after my brother was like one or two years old. And so my mom's like, I think I got to leave him. Like, I think this is what I got to do. And she was with him one time and then she prayed for a sign. Like, what do I do? And she found out she was pregnant with me. So that was God telling her like, no, like you're going to stay. And then after I was born, my dad became radically saved at an event and just hasn't been like the same person since. 
So I grew up with those stories, like hearing that and still just kind of feeling like, okay, that's my parents' faith. That's what they have. Like, I don't really have a story like that, you know, in the same way I don't have the bandage story in the TSA. But really, I think since 2015, even though I was, you know, 30 something years old, like that's when I started to see God really speak to me in an audible way. I'll never forget when Stephen got offered the job in New Mexico. I was really heartbroken because I wanted to live in Nashville and have him be a part of the life that I built there while he was on the road. The community is so important to me. And God was just like working on me because I was stubborn. Like I was definitely not the picture of someone you see being a pastor's wife going into ministry. That's for sure. Uh, I can 100% tell you that. Um, I was like, absolutely not. Like this is ridiculous. I do not want to do this. And God just started to give me peace. And I won't like Stephen was negotiating still about the job with his, you know, the pastor there and they were getting to salary. Right. And I know it sounds so stupid to be about money. It's not about necessarily money, but I remember, um, Stephen, you know, was just like, I think I can live on this. Like if you can just give me this, you know, and we were just excited to have like a, a normal <laughs> paycheck. At yeah, that. Yeah. And he was like, and, and God told me, he's like, they're gonna, I'm like, they're going to offer more. Like, and it's just like, that's what God heard him say. Like, watch this. Like, he's going to do this. And Stephen comes in and he's like, you'll never believe what happened. And I'm like, I already know. Like, it just was little things like that. Like, I, God was like just revealing little tiny things to me. And I just had to keep taking those steps to really see the big picture. And now looking back seven years later, I'm like, wow, like to be where we're at right now, like I almost ruined all of that because I was scared and I had my expectations. Mm -hmm. But it's so it's such a wild of a story and just how it all fits together so beautifully. There's no way that's chance or coincidence in my mind. So that's why I truly just believe that like God is there and he cares about every single detail. Misha and I have such I mean obviously like different but similar experiences growing up in religion. And actually I Went to Lutheran school at, I'm sure you know this, at Bay Pines, that little yeah. Lutheran school right on the corner. Yeah. My whole, it's like kindergarten to eighth grade. No uh, way. Yeah. We really were like feet away from each other. I was a Keswick. Get out of town. We used to play you in volleyball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All the time. Um, and you know, foundationally, I, I have positive experiences from that. And even the, you know, the, um, principal of the school and, and my teacher, sixth to eighth grade, he changed my life, not from a religious standpoint, but from a human standpoint in a positive way and pushed me to, to excel. And, um, and I, uh, you know, in that same breath had some not so positive experiences. I don't consider myself religious as an adult, but I think the sentiments of right, the word God is interchangeable in the things that I believe. I believe in a guiding force, whether that's the universe, whether it's, it's energy, whatever it is. It's really just serendipity, right? And and that if you truly believe that your life is taking you where you need to go, um, it's it's really the same. If that makes sense. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. Yeah, I agree. I was listening to your story, Julia, and I loved it because I one of my answers was the world is a beautiful and holy place, and so I feel like there is some. Uh, it's amazing to look back and I, I totally relate to your story too, to look back and see how the pieces have fallen into place and how you come to where you are and kind of analyze the nudges. Mm -hmm. And that's really beautiful. And it's crazy that if all the July 
thing this season, yeah. <laughs> the season of July, which is like my least favorite month. So it's so hot, but I'm so happy and I'm sure it's really hot in Florida, but that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, you know, I read a verse the other day in the Bible and it just really jumped out at me and I wish I could place exactly where it is. I believe it's in Psalms where it's just like, it just says like, God will guide you every day until you die. And it was just like, I've never read it. Like, like there's some things you read and you're just kind of like, Oh, that didn't hit me. Unless it's like, you're in a different phase or whatever. Right. Like it could be anything that you read, but just, it really struck me. And I was like, and just thinking about like you were, you were just talking about the guidance. Right. And just the interchangeability of it. Uh, you know, I just, for me, it's like, yeah, that just, just to know that there's something there. It's not even necessarily like, like it's good. And, and I don't know how to explain it really, but just like, like that there's someone, right. Cause it's like, God, like we're made in the image of God is what I believe. Um, so male and female, and it's not like, he's just this male, like he actually is, we're, we're all made. So that means he encompasses all of us. Right. And all the attributes that we bring and just like, whether it's femininity or masculinity or whatever, um, he's behind all of it. And I just knowing that like, Hey, this person loves me like with a love that's like beyond any love that I can understand. Like, cause our loves really at the end of the day, like, I mean, I know that's what I feel like life is about is like finding that love that's unconditional. Um, it's not circumstantial. Right. And so I, I just, I'm so the hope in that, right. Like that, like there's something that is bigger than I can imagine that actually just truly cares about me. Like that's, isn't that like what marriage is supposed to represent? Right. And just to know like, Hey, like what that, even that relationship right there truly, I feel like reflects and mirrors. It's just thinking of God that way. Cause I used to grow up, right. Like, and I'm sure you had the same experience where it's like, it was very religious. Like God was angry mm-hmm. and just, he, you know, disciplines you all the time. And, you know, like he's this egotistical, like white man in the clouds, which is <laughs> yeah. not even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It makes me really happy to see that religion has shifted for a lot of younger generations to like leading with love rather than fear. I mean, I think yeah. that uh, to any sort of parenting relationship, you know, you don't lead with this like fear of repercussion. It's creating human beings who then push forward with love as well. Yeah, I think there's something really beautiful about about that, about about people sharing in this commonality, you know, in, in recognizing that the world we live in is shared. Whatever people believe, whatever whatever you're going through, whatever your experience is, it doesn't really matter because at the end of the day, if you were approaching other people from a place of love and a place yeah. of acceptance and Goodness. Yeah. Right? There's a place for everybody, you know? And it, yeah, that's the fact that like you were saying, like leading with fear, it's like, that's what I feel like religion has done, sadly, uh, until like you said, like we're getting to a place now where it's like, it, it's been very much, if you think about a relationship where it's like, you're fearful, and I gotta do this and this and that to keep this person's love, that's abuse. Yeah. Like a lot of sadly churches, no matter what the belief system is, have used abuse to control. And that's not if you strip down like the words of Jesus, like that's, that's not what he was doing. If anything, like God created this world is what I believe. And just to have free choice, right? Like it's your choice to move out of love, not out of fear, not out of obligation, not out of like, you know, anything but pure, like, wow, like that's, that was just love. Like it's, it's our choice. 
and it's not out of um, tradition or, you know, um, what's expected. Yeah, that's great. I think it's such a great message. And the idea that there's an inherent love available is such mm-hmm. an important message that the many religions that it's so useful, <laughs> if that's the word, for for the community and society to understand that there is an inherent love around you or within you or or from somewhere we don't know because it's safe. It offers a sense of safety and security that I think so many people benefit from. Yeah, I mean, I think we're all looking for acceptance, yeah. right? It just the the fact is to genuinely be ourselves. He offered that. And so I think that's just absolute love. And I'm just grateful for it. And I, I wish the Christian church could just get back to that instead of getting caught up in even just like how the earth was formed or just these other things where it's like, no, that's, that's, it doesn't say that in the Bible. It doesn't say you've got to believe (laughs) X, Y, and Z and this and that. It's just like, no, it literally just says, accept Jesus. And like, you're already forgiven. Like you're accepted you're adopted in is the words that he uses. And if you think about really when a parent adopts a child and what that looks like, you're taking something that's not like yours and you're giving them a home, bringing them in, giving them your identity in such a way that's loving and tender because it's like, you know nothing about that kid's medical history or you do and you're still taking them in. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just you're looking at the person and like, how can I help grow you and accept you and have you thrive and flourish? And I believe that's how God's looking at every single one of us, no matter where we're at. Okay. All right. We got down to the nitty gritty. We really did. We covered so many bases. Thank you for that. So, well, we're not quite done yet. Oh, no. no. <laughs> but we're we're going to wrap it up. I know. I know you're so busy. And then you're like, cool, I'm going to come on your podcast for three hours. <laughs> I've been looking forward to this, all the things that I've been trying to like, hey, I planned for this. So <laughs> okay. Thanks. All right. Well, we're with the next three are rapid fire. And so okay. they're maybe lighter, but who knows? We might get back into the deep stuff. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? So the first, yeah. It. So this one is definitely easy breezy. And I'm really, we always get some good answers here. So what are you binge watching, reading, or listening to right now? So I, been been watching binge watching sorry Gilmore Girls again um I mean my daughter is named Rory let's just point that out um for the record uh (laughs) I binge watched it so much because I was sick like two weeks ago I had like a sinus infection but still had to work doing the licensure all that I watched it so much in the background the tv bro (laughs) and Stephen told me the tv committed suicide (laughs) 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 it's so funny (laughs) Because it's kind of true. But yeah, I, I've i been on that. I just finished it again, though. So I now I feel a little lost. I'm kind of hitting back up Seinfeld. You know, do Seinfeld once a year. Like, just pull, pull in. I, it, I'm one of those people, it's like comfort food. Like, And I read something actually about anxiety, which I never thought I was an anxious person. Um, but which probably could have helped save a lot of things if I just would have known that sooner. Um, that you actually watch or listen to or read the same thing again because like you you can predict it. Yeah. Is that interesting? Yeah. They say that's why kids gravitate to things like pasta, carbs, because it's the consistency, the shape, you know every single bite is going to be identical. Really? Versus what? like a fruit where you have a blueberry and every blueberry could taste different. 
Because you know when they're babies and they're like, my kid eats so good. Like, you eat everything. And then they're two and they're like, I only want mac and cheese. I don't know if your kids went through this, but. And you're like, what have I done? Like, you would you try everything. And then they go through this like, moment where they just want the same thing. And I think they're starting to recognize the world is scary. And maybe that's like a comfort. That's so interesting. Now, like, my mind is blown and I'm going to like judge. You only eat pasta yeah. like are you <laughs> yeah your life is out this. of control mm-hmm. is this an intervention for me <laughs> yeah. yes, this is an intervention. Oh. <laughs> that's great oh it's i don't it's a lot of fighting i get what steven's talking about but i don't know why but it's also mixed into really funny i think it kind of goes along with that like dark humor comedy but although i promise like i have something like my old film school self would be like oh that's so basic but <laughs> process, yeah I'm like I was more like the Wes Anderson and Woody Allen and I kind of had to get away from the Woody Allen because I feel like oh that guy is so dark yeah. like he's just so dark there's one quote that I feel like I used to like live by I was like why would I want to be a part of a club that accepts uh, accepts me as one of its members <laughs> oh. so dark <laughs> well now I'm really curious to know our next question uh what would your theme song be? Oh man! Oh, that's a good one. It's hard. Are oh, you man. are you Gilmore Girl or are you are you Larry David? You never. Oh man, Kirby enthusiasm <laughs> all the way. <laughs> oh, I feel like that's a good one. Oh man, I love when they overdub that theme song into like so moments that are captured on film or whatever. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm that whimsical though. <laughs> it's a whimsical intro, right? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say Girl More Girl. Their intro kind yeah. of. It doesn't have to be an intro, by the way. It could be any song. It could be, you could use any song. Mm-hmm. It could be The World Is Yours. Hmm. <gasps> oh, man. See, the type for me, I'm like, what do I pick that's totally authentically me? Um, I would probably say something by Ryan Adams. Like, uh, just his music, I feel like just uh, cuts me to the core. His old stuff, you know? Yeah. What was it? Uh, Heartbreak? Mm-hmm. Heartbreaker. Mm-hmm. That was the record. Heartbreaker. Love is Hell. I walked around the streets of New York listening to that album. Yeah, I haven't listened to that in a while. No, I kind of gave him up for a while. Yeah. I a long time. Kind of like a, like a Harvey Weinstein <laughs> thing where it's like, he all knew he Did was he? a creep. I don't that i was shocked but i'm not surprised so no matter what the topic i am there for the rehashing of everything like whatever the problem is with anything i'm like i just want to see what people create out of this like the <laughs> yes. corn kid give me all the reefses of the corn song is there on the corn <laughs> the corn song <laughs> that's my theme song now <laughs> oh my god a couple <laughs> years ago it was chocolate rain i'm like this is all i want to do this. oh yeah oh i love it it's great Okay, I, I don't feel like I answered that one well, but I feel no, like I, it's going to hit like 2 o'clock tonight. I'll be like, that's what I should have chose. <laughs> just let me know and I'll add it to the caption. Of the- It'll be like your voice, like, uh, dub over, <laughs> like I'm saying. I'll just leave space, all right, for you to insert the song that I... <laughs> okay, well, we're ready for the last question. And this will be good. I think this will leave us on a good note because we've talked about the struggles of of the partner coming and going. But what is one small thing or guilty pleasure that you do look forward to when Steven is gone? Honestly, sleeping in bed by myself. Is that like after I had kids, 
I don't like, and I co-slept. So I think that yeah. had a lot to do with yeah. it too. Same. Like I just, I just want to sleep by myself. I slept what, like collective of like six years with a baby on my boob at night that <laughs> you don't enjoy getting karate chopped in the face when you're sleeping. <laughs> but you know, like when they're toddlers and they come in and, and they're like, I'm scared. I want to sleep with you. And Steven's like the first to be like, Oh, come cuddle. I'm like, no, <laughs> I know. Babe, Sylvie slept with me last night. She said this a lot, but a lot of times I tell Adam, no, he's, he says she'll only be little for so long. I'm like, she's not little. She's a massive human now. <laughs> but I will say that would have been mine. But I, I feel really bad saying this. So we we don't have a guest room anymore. It's like the first time within one of our houses. We don't have that space. And not that he did this back then anyways. But I've been staying up later. And like working, doing my classes, all of that to like about 1130 midnight. And he's an early riser. So he's been sleeping on the couch lately a lot just because he's so sweet and he doesn't kick me out, which I feel like a jerk. I should just offer it. But then I get so comfy and I'm like, I don't want to move. I want to sit here and work because I'm selfish. Um, <laughs> but and actually, he really does love our couch. Like our couch. Yeah, it's amazing. Like that couch is dope. It's a I room sleep. of its own. So anyways, he's been sleeping on the couch. And so now I kind of miss him yes. in bed. So... Oh, he's going to laugh when he hears this. <laughs> yes. Guilty pleasure. There you go. I can stay up as late as I want and not feel guilty. <laughs> you know what I just realized? Scheduling. People's biggest differences and guilty pleasures have to do with going to bed earlier or later. Wow. That's funny. And you would think like the band guy's like, I'm going to stay up late. So that's what I'm used yeah. to. And Steven, the anomaly. And he's like, ah, I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m. tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, no. Why? My <laughs> husband is also an early riser. He was up at 4 a.m. this morning. And by the time we woke up at 6.30, he came running in and he was like, I wrote a song. I can afford your waffles next month, buddy. <laughs> That's hilarious wow. for one. Yeah. Have you heard... So uh, do you know the author... And he was a Christian author. Um, oh my gosh. Uh, he wrote Blue Like Jazz. Oh my gosh. What I is know his who name? you're talking about. Yes. Why can't I think of his name? His name well, you know... Don yeah. Miller. Thank you. Um, he actually wrote, he, that's not what he's doing. It's called story brand. Is that what it's, I think it's called. It's about productivity, uh, productivity. And he does these worksheets and he says the most productive you are is actually at like four or five o'clock in the morning, especially for creatives. No. And <laughs> it's like when your brain's that. like going, right? And so I, he was a total type four and then he's kind of moved more into like the three, like, um, energy space, I guess. Um, and yeah, it teaches these classes about being like, like that's the best time to write your book or write songs is actually first thing in the morning at like four or five o'clock in the morning. I feel like that can't be true for me. <laughs> I can't, I'm so tired. I need so much sleep. Adam sleeps half as much as I do. I swear he stays up late. He'll fall asleep on the couch a lot because he stays up so late and then he's up before me. I tell him he needs more sleep. It's not safe. It's they say the less sleep you get as a, an adult, the higher chance of dementia or Alzheimer's. Yeah. I don't mm -hmm. know which one, but one of those. I, I can't tell him that because I kind of do the same thing. Like last night, I was up till midnight, and then my body just woke me up at like five fifty this morning, and I'm like, "Yeah, cool." I do. I'm yeah, here. There we go. Same. No matter how late <laughs> I stay up, I will definitely wake up before seven at one point. But I can kind of try to put myself back if I can't. I mean, who couldn't sleep that late? We got kids, kids to take yeah. care of, but 
It doesn't matter what time they go to bed. They're waking up the same time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say though, guys, like I'm, no, I'm, I can sleep in. Like I <laughs> can sleep in all day long. <laughs> I want like once in a while, if I'm really sick or like have a hangover, I'll do a nap and it feels like a different life. Like yeah. what year is it? You know, you wake up just like, because I'm not, I can't nap either. Once I'm up, like that is it. Steven knows I'm sick if I'm napping is pretty much like the rule is. Um, but no, thank God for him and his earliness because yeah, I, the kids probably wouldn't be alive if it wasn't. Yeah. I need Adam's help. That's why it's hard for me to have Adam gone because he's the morning, like uh, he'll have like 17 cups of coffee and be like, all right, kids, let's go. There's gotta be one in every home. Gotta be like a a rallier. To make us all function and survive. (laughs) Well, we took up a lot of your time. So thank you. I'm so glad we got to catch up. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, this has been such a pleasure. And seriously, thank you again for doing this and creating a space for just women to just, uh, you know, navigate how to survive and thrive in this journey. Because it's, it's definitely it takes community to do so. I've learned so much. I've so, learned so much from just doing these interviews for the past few months. I love it. I'm going to text you when we're in town because we're, we are in town all the time. That would be great. Uh, all right, Misha, go finish your book. I know. Wake up at 4 a.m. tomorrow and, uh, <laughs> you know what? Maybe I should because I have one week until it's due. So I want to make it as good as I can. You can write a, a letter to Don Miller, like cussing like, him out, what? just like that. Stupid <laughs> thing. <laughs> Or who knows? Maybe it'll change my life. It's true. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad we got to chat. Same here. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.